0: From Central Source and the Fifth Element Podcast Network, this is In Search of Source. My name is Ryan Gore, and welcome to this bonus episode. Rather than a regular episode discussing music journalism, you're about to hear my interview with producer Chris Keyes. Now this interview is slightly different to a regular one, as I have made a complimentary article on CentralSource.com. Similar to an audio guide in a museum, the article works to give extra context and analysis for the interview, which documents Chris's career, influences, and his latest collaboration album with Quede, Chris, it's in Chris, Innocent Country too. Once again, that's CentralSource.com for the article. For now, please enjoy the interview. Okay, let's jump in then. So um, I just want to talk about how you felt the reaction to the album's been. To me, it's felt different to anything you or Quelle have dropped before. So I know what you felt about dropping this album this time, how people received it. Oh man, Um,
1: it's definitely been the most, um, (laughs) it's been a heavy, heavy response. I've, I've had more responses from this than anything else I've done for sure. And um, there have been so many people who've, who've written to say that it's been um, either helpful for them or mm-hmm. inspirational to them or um, it made them feel better or it's been an escape for them. Yeah. And um, in, in a way that I, I don't hear a lot of music get that, that type of response, I guess, um, so it's hit people in a very special way. And I'm not sure if that's a, you know, a function of the time that we're going through and and how the music speaks to that or, um, or, or what it is. Um, but I I know that Kuala and I are both really grateful for that. And, um, and it's a two way street. Like both of us felt that going into it, like as we made it, it was very therapeutic to us. And then, you know and cathartic or whatever you want to call it and then people are listening to it and and sending us the same messages right back to us so it's this very symbiotic relationship um so it's been very special i've been i've been grateful for that uh response because you know it's made me feel useful (laughs) you know (laughs) um to put out music that's 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 actually doing something for somebody is the best thing i could ask for so yeah it's been an amazing response
0: yeah so you you mentioned the word like cathartic and i feel like the main thing i've heard from people who are saying is like it's like healing this album still is healing yeah and is that something that you had the intent to do is like how much of this is something you expected almost um response wise i, I don't think either of
1: us could have expected that um but like i said going in we, we didn't plan it but yeah. just making it, 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 it's always kind of an emotional process because we're doing so much and it's such a short time usually. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. So we didn't plan for for it to be like that way, but as as it happened during the creation, that's how it's been received. And that's
0: kind of like a beautiful, yeah. whatever, like <laughs> circle of life there. <laughs> um, so the album was like released Right in the middle of the pandemic, really, like really at the height of everyone's fear. Really, right the, right at the start
1: of like quarantine basically, right? When it's like, okay, this is for sure. Yeah, we're gonna get a thing. long call now. Yeah, yeah, we're here for the yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So was there any like conversations about delaying the album or not releasing it? Good question. Um I don't I don't think there were. I think we just
1: as it was happening and after it released I think Quelle and I both felt that this album was kind of born to be played during these times. It was like bread for this shit. It was like it grew up, you know, through, through um, you know, Quelle was away from his wife and we were staying up all night and working and, you know, getting high or drinking or, or just, you know, spending so much time in the studio, just nonstop sweating through this music. Yeah. Um, it's like a tough thing that that, <laughs> that came out of us, you know? So it's like ready for that. And and it's, it's all raw emotion there. And, and it's um. so, yeah, it's kind of like meant for that, this time where people are just kind of going through similar stuff in different ways. And, um, and maybe that resonated, but we didn't, we didn't plan to um, delay it or anything like that. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing that changed really was uh, touring plans. Yeah. Um, there were some UK stuff planned and I say that it. didn't happen. And I know um, I wasn't even sure that I was going to go on the tours to begin with. Hmm. Um, I know I was going to make a couple of them and, and do some piano performances at least. But um, I tend to shy away from the public stuff. I'm in the in the background for the most part But um, I know Quello was really looking forward to doing A lot of touring with this And um, that hit Him and I both pretty hard You know as it has hit so many musicians um, Who are wanting To be out there touring right now
0: Yeah that's why I asked the question Because I know Quello is in the middle of the tour I know I was about to go see him in uh, London Which is why uh, the quarantine really Hit me hard as well but having this album Really um, helped Ease those kind of like because you don't get many underground artists, I would say underground, you know, coming over to the UK, being able to do full fledged tours over here. So that kind of um, relationship to the artists that you kind of want was kind of, uh, it seemed to be in jeopardy. But recently, this album, it felt so um, quaint in a way that felt very intimate. And you mentioned it being a tough thing to get out in a way that it seems durable. Yeah. So do you, do you, How do you feel like things would be like the reaction to the album and your kind of relationship with the music you made would be different having released this in, say, normal circumstances? Wow, that's another
1: good question. I like it. Um, you know, I, I can't say for sure, uh, but I know that before this was put out, there was no way I was going to tour. There was, there's no way. Like I, I didn't want to, I, I don't like being on stage. I don't like traveling a lot. Um, I'm like a super homebody. But as I started hearing responses, um, and I started feeling more comfortable, I started missing the idea that I wasn't going to be touring,
0: Right. you know? Hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know um it's it's hard to say uh how it would be different if, if, if it wasn't you know put out during this time or, or before this time maybe but um yeah i think I, I i might have done some touring though um and i know um i'm trying to remember the places that we had planned or that Quelle had planned especially but um there was definitely like germany um austria england I don't, I don't, I don't remember all the all the places, but
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you mentioned being a homebody. Um, so obviously all, all of us have had been forced to be homebodies recently. Yeah. But, uh, there's also the added kind of emotional weight of what the pandemic has done to the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, with that in mind, but with your natural tendency to be inside, how has been your creative process while being in quarantine?
1: Um, yeah, at first, you know, everybody was like, oh, this is a creative wonderland, you know, like you're inside. What are you talking about? Man, but I'm telling you for the first uh, month, at least of quarantine. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really make music. I just was kind of in full on escapism mode. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just playing video games and watching TV and just blocking out a lot of stuff and, um, ignoring the news when I could yeah. and, watching it you know enough to you know stay informed mm. um like a lot of social media and just um you know kind of kind of avoiding doing work and being creative because <laughs> it's 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 hard to uh be creative when you're um, when you're thinking about the world being so fucked
0: yeah that's interesting because i never myself thought uh, of um, being creative as the opposite of escapism. Mm-hmm. But do you see being creative kind of as uh, more of a job or more of a um, escape? I guess it, it definitely wavers. Um, for for when
1: when the lockdown first happened, I was definitely not making music.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, I think I think because I felt the pressure of it. I felt the pressure of oh, I should be making music now because now I have to. Now I'm now I'm locked up. Of course, I, I should be making music. That's <laughs> that's your option. You know, right. like here you go here's your time, you know, so that's, that's pressure. That's like, um, that was tough for me to to deal with, I guess. Um, and now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of back into like a more of a regular thing. I'm making music every day and, but it took me a while to get used to that for sure. Um, in terms of dealing with being quarantined, uh, in general, I've, I've been very fortunate, you know, I, I, I don't deal with a lot of, um, loneliness or um, feeling cooped up because this is kind of what I've been doing for a long time. I've been in quarantine for years, you know, so (laughs) it's just, um, yeah, it's something that I've gotten used to. That's another thing I've been doing because of quarantine, man, I am cooking like crazy. I would eat out all the time and order food and I haven't done any of that in months now. So I've been forced to learn how to cook for myself, finally. Yeah. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. I've <laughs> been doing a lot of that, you know? Not a lot of music making, but a lot of cooking. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, um, yeah, quarantine's been been fine for me, honestly. Um, yeah. It's funny, though, because I moved to L.A. in January. And for the first few months of, Janu- uh, the, first few months of uh, the year, I was extremely busy. I was doing a lot of music. Um, I had... Flown out my friend, Ben Carr, who uh, he goes by cartoons and we did, a, uh, worked on a project and I had a whole bunch of guests from Oakland and you know friends from back where I used to live, come down and visit. And so I, I didn't really get a chance to explore LA or kind of get used to it. I was just so busy with my friends and then the quarantine hit. And so really this whole time I've, I've been home, even before. Yeah quarantine so January February March all those three months were like with friends and guests and staying home and having sessions with um like my friend Balam who plays guitar just having people come over and make music um so it was like that and then quarantine hit so it's just like I've not left I have no idea what LA is like and I've lived (laughs) here for six months I have no idea. Like, people ask me all the time, like, how's LA? I have no idea how LA is. <laughs> I just live in a house here. I mean, it's like it's like living on a ship. It's like in Star Trek. You know, it's like they're going all over the place, but really, they, you know, I'm on the holodeck. <laughs> that makes sense. That's what my Zoom background should be. Is it should be the holodeck <laughs> on, on fucking Star Trek.
0: Oh, that will be actually pretty tight. If you could... Uh, I'm going to sort that out for the next one. But... Um... <laughs> But, yeah, yeah, that's the background I need to download. <laughs> but yeah, but your year can really be split into those two parts then, because being in quarantine, I'm sure, required this kind of mental, emotional reset to the point where uh, you're missing things that you didn't realise you did before and yeah. things that you didn't realise you had the opportunity to do. Right. So uh, do you think that both um, musically and just as a person – how do you think that the quarantine would have changed you on the other side of it? Uh, I'll Obviously, more cooking. Uh,
1: so, the question is basically how, how do I think quarantine will have changed me yeah, on yeah, the other yeah. side of it? Yeah, another good question. I, I think um, it's one that I'll have to think about a little bit because I am so quarantined in general. Mm. I really don't leave my house very often. I, I, I set up and I have my routines. Like my biggest passion is, is video games and music <laughs> and now cooking. <laughs> and all three of those I'm in this room for. You yeah. know, I cook there, I make music here, I play video games there and I cycle. Um, so I, I, think, I think the things that I miss most are friends. And so I think what i will i will derf, I'll definitely appreciate my friends you know have, having people around more I'll, I'll appreciate just human contact a lot more for sure yeah. um because i have i've been known to 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 avoid everything you know and and yeah. stay inside and and do work all the time and um yeah and i guess i've had a lot of that like but honestly, I could keep going. Like I could keep going like this for years, I think, wow. and not really feel that much different. I know I, I miss my friends, and but you know, we're finding new ways to stay in touch. We're we're talking more. We're texting more. Yeah. Um, I'm on social media a lot, which um, I find is hard to avoid. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's hard to say how I'll, I'll emerge from this. You know. Yeah. Um, I'll certainly be um, giving lots of hugs to friends and, and you know appreciating that, I guess is the best answer I can give you.
0: <laughs> no, it's a great one. so um, just going back, but like through your musical career, I guess, like how long have you been playing instruments or producing music?: Okay, so
1: I've been playing piano since I was maybe seven or eight. Well, okay. And then, so piano like my whole life. And then I I started jazz lessons in high school and going to Stanford Jazz Workshop and learning jazz and stuff. Mm. Um, I also played drums a little bit when I was growing up, but I didn't take it very seriously. And then I went to music school at the University of Denver in Colorado and studied jazz piano. Um, So jazz was like first love of yours? Yeah, when I was a kid, I only listened to oldies. And then a family friend uh, gave me an Oscar Peterson CD and I kind of fell in love with that and then with jazz in general um, as I studied that. Uh, and then, yeah, then I went to music school for, for jazz and, and learned about a whole bunch of other music that I'd been kind of neglecting and not appreciating or not understanding or whatever. And that's yeah. everything from like Latin jazz to even hip hop I got into really late and um what else? Um got a, a lot more into funk and stuff like that. And um soul music and you know like I had a heavy earthwind and fire phase and uh just like so much music happened for me in, in college and that just opened opened me up. Um different classical music and stuff like that. And then um, the other instruments so I'm playing bass on everything now. And at the time, Innocent Country, for that project, I played everything, but most of it I played on keyboard. So like even the bass I played on keyboard. Um, the one song that has a guitar on it was uh, my friend Andre. And then obviously Melanie played the flute. But all in my production now, I, I do most of my stuff in the box. So like all the keyboard sounds are from a computer all the orchestral sounds are from a computer the only thing that i'm doing otherwise is like bass um, i do play guitar now a little bit and i'm doing drums uh, i did drums on like acoustic drums on the, on the album also but yeah i i hadn't been I, I learned bass last year and i learned guitar last year and now i'm playing bass and guitar on all the songs so <laughs> That that's that's one thing you could say uh, (laughs) I've done in quarantine is like, you know, force myself to learn guitar and bass and um, learn different ways to record drums and stuff. I've been doing a lot of like experimenting with that. So, I never really planned on being a multi instrumentalist. I really didn't. I was (laughs) gonna just be piano guy, and um, you know, just being inspired by different people and saying, seeing that. You know it doesn't take that much to record bass on a song like you don't have to do anything crazy
0: yeah
1: um so you start somewhere and then you're you're like okay i'm playing bass on a song and then it, every time you do it you get a little bit better so it's been very functional for me it's not i'm not sitting on the couch practicing bass i'm everything i make i'm trying to play on it wow okay so it's kind of like learning by by making songs
0: so does that kind of um reduce to reliance on other people is that something that you wanted to do or is it something that you just fell into out the love for music uh yeah it's
1: just been inspired by by um my peers um seeing my friend Dawood play guitar and bass on his productions and him encouraging me and other friends encouraging me my friend Ben encouraging me to play bass um has been really, you know, pivotal because uh, I, I didn't, you know, it's very intimidating when you play one instrument your whole life Yeah, to pick up a guitar. is like very alien. Um, but like I said, you know, I'm learning by making songs. So I'm, I, I'll make a song based on what I can play. So maybe I'll do the simplest guitar part and then augment it with everything else I know. And um, also, learning guitar and bass from a piano perspective is so much easier than coming from a blank slate really? you know because i can hear exactly what i want to play i've been playing bass lines on piano so i know ex- yeah. like by ear exactly what i want to play so you know i'm teaching myself by ear and that that's so much easier than just um kind of being in this nebulous void of, of not having any music background or anything like that i'm learning an instrument that's that's difficult so I'm, I'm very grateful that I, I have a background in music because that, that has helped me pick up other instruments. I always, I always try to encourage people who only play one instrument to to um, to learn more instruments and um, to translate the knowledge that you learn because it's, it's universal. Now I've got, you know, this shit on my desk and I've got a rain stick on my desk and a, and a fucking tambourine next to my cup of tea. So now I'm doing everything and it feels great. And my uh, pot is boiling again. so I gonna stop it? So, <laughs> no worries. i have got a friend coming over in a bit. Um, my friend is an artist, uh, Robert Crooks, and he um, he's like my only quarantine. He's like my quarantine friend. So, my, you know, he, he goes between uh, his girlfriend's house and my house, where his, he keeps his like art stuff. So I have like a room upstairs with oh, right. his art stuff. So he'll come over and do art. And I was like making some food from last night to, so we could eat breakfast, but anyways that's so cool. <laughs> so yeah it, it, i'm lucky that you know like not a lot of people have well maybe some people do I, I know people have roommates and stuff like that so yeah or family a lot of people living with family right now
0: sure and it's great to know that you're playing the bass on the new album because that's honestly some of my favorite parts about the album is how beautiful play beautiful played the basses thank you periods. man i really appreciate it particularly sudden death that bass line mm-hmm. is just embedded in my soul now (laughs) great that's good it's great man yeah that
1: song has been by far the biggest response i mean i get a lot of i've been meaning to kind of take note and make a make a list of all the different comments that i've gotten and so many of those are just for sudden death like people saying wow sudden death really helped me get through a lot of stuff and um man I I never see this shit coming. Um and when I say that I I I'm I'm referring to like Quelle will see a song from so far away. Hmm. It's it's something that I I respect so much. Like I um a lot of the songs on that album are or were ideas, just little ideas that I had in my iTunes library that you know. I would play while he's on the couch like playing a video game and he would be like stop put that in the list put that in, you know and I would just I would just be skipping it and there were some times when I would play something and he would say stop and I wouldn't want to I'd say I, this isn't really like you don't want to use this you don't want to rap on this this is not what I, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to show off right now this is not like my hardest shit as it were yeah and And Quelle is really incredible. Like his sense of, his vision is ridiculous. He will hear a song from miles away. Um, And I will push against that sometimes. There have been times where I've pushed against uh, a choice that he makes. Yeah. And um, because I'm just not seeing the same vision that he is, you know, I, I hear the song and I'm just like, I hear my part of it. And I'm kind of blindsided, or uh, you know, blindsided by it. I'm like, got a very myopic way of looking at it. And Quelle, um,
0: you
1: know, is very like far-sighted with that stuff.
0: Yeah, that's something. So, like the, the, the song
1: with Merrill, for instance. Uh-huh. I like I loved everybody's parts, and I, I just, it wasn't until like everything was recorded and and I could step back from it and hear it in context with the record where I was like. I see, like I see where it fits in. I see why this is an important song, or I see, like you know, and 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 sudden death. Like as he was recording vocals, you know, all those voices that he did were just different, different voices he made, and there was no like, you know, fancy production there. There wasn't any like pitching of his voice or anything like that. Oh, wow. It was just him doing funny voices in the booth, <laughs> uh, and I was like, I don't. You know, I have no idea what this is gonna be like. I, I don't really know what he's hearing. I, I I don't get it. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm I. Tr- you know, I, I've worked with Kawai a bunch, and so it's just like we we have trust. I, mean, I might push back sometimes or whatever, but it's I always trust him. You know, I, yeah. you know, because at the end of the day, when it's done, I'm like, man, I, I could never have seen that coming. Like, it's so funny watching a song happen in front of you that you fucking produced that you don't even <laughs> see happen you know what I mean like that's that's kind of part of the genius of Quelle and that's that's one of my favorite parts working with him it's like let's see what he can do with this that I don't see like you know what I mean like what yeah. what can he carve out of this that I'm not seeing you know
0: that's unbelievable so, you know. that's kind of blown me away because that song is easily my best song that's come out this year probably one of the best I've heard in the last 10 years like, you just something about it just resonates so deeply uh, from production to the way he delivers to the lyrics themselves. I think the fact that it feels so fresh for Quelle, you know, the, when that song comes out, I think everyone was just a bit confused. Like, like who like, thought that like he'd go Like, you don't understand do it? it,
1: but, but it's, it's, it's kind of like, it gives you an it's going to be okay vibe.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's something it's, like it's
1: that. You know, like... It's dark, but it's also hopeful. And that combination is kind of, um, it's, it's just like life is, you yeah. know? It's, it's dark, and it's hopeful. So it's like, the song has a lot of, you know, it, it, it mirrors life in a lot of ways, yeah. um, especially during quarantine. Um, yeah, cost- and I think, I think there's, I think that is um, both musical and, and lyrical in that context. I think that there's brightness and darkness in that song from a production standpoint and from a lyrical standpoint. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, the, the combination is just kind of like gray but hopeful. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know that's what we all had to hang on to when this started because we had no idea where it was going yeah and you know it can't all be sudden death
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly there's some still life after it right
1: yeah 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 yeah. so yeah so i think that that's it just hit at the right time and that's part of what i mean by this song was or this album was meant for a time like this it's just like and you know the title of that album is innocent country and now we're dealing with other shit um (laughs) and um innocent country the idea was I, I asked Quali a question one time when we were at the studio. I was like, uh, what do you think is the most innocent country? Like what is the country that has done the least harm to its own people? That was the question. Wow. What is the most innocent country? And we never really came up with the answer. We were like, well, Canada or <laughs> Sweden or, you know, definitely not the U S yeah. Definitely not England. Definitely mm-hmm. not. You know, like there's so many places that have fucked their own people up. And, and we were just like, what is, what is the most innocent country? Like, where would you, where would you move? Like, what is, what is the safest? And man, there is no innocent country. That's, that's the, the whole thing, you know? It's like, it's a very ironic title. That's the, that's the idea behind it. And Quale and decided to make that the album title. Um, when we had that conversation, he was like, I think, I think that might be the album title, man, Innocent Country. I, I, another another thing that I pushed back on, I was like, I don't. I, what do you mean? <laughs> but so apt, you know. It's like, it, 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 I lo- I like it now. I, of course, I like it now. But um,
0: yeah. And was the intent behind it to be a series? No, no, no. Definitely not. Um. Well, I mean, maybe. As far
1: as I know, I don't think so. We just did Innocent Country one, and then I think Innocent Country two came about by basically the intro, um, his idea for the intro kind of made it, I was like, oh, okay, this is how it's going to happen. It's going to, it's going to be a continuation. It's going to start by this, like, um, last season on innocent country. And then like all these different ideas are going to be referencing songs from the first album. And then it's going to like explode into the second album. And it'll be like season two. And, and, and a theme was kind of born from that intro. Um, and that's, and that's how it became more of a series. Um, but even now, we're not we're not thinking of Innocent Country three or anything like that. I think right. we're just thinking of let's make more music mm. um, whenever that happens. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it was never like this. All right, here's Innocent Country one, and 2020, let's plan on Innocent Country two, and let's start working on season three right now. You know, it right. was just like, it kind of happened very organically, like most of like all of our music does. You know, it's just kind of like. Here's some songs I've been, here's what I've been making. Like all the music that I make is not, is not like, all right, I'm going to make, I'm going to sit down and make 20 Quelle songs. It's not that at all. Mm. You know, I'm just making, I'm expressing myself a hundred percent. I'm, I'm learning how to play bass or I'm learning how can I use this guitar? or Let's practice recording drums and see what I make with it. And then, yeah. you know, th- so those ideas are all organic. They're not, they're not, let's make a banger. You know, it's, it's not, <laughs> that it's it's quite the opposite it's it's very like whimsical and free and that's one of the reasons why i like working with quality is i don't have to uh, have any constrictions you know it's it's just he'll he'll go through like my expression (laughs) and be like all right this could work and then we and then of course we you know do some more production to it or whatever but yeah a lot of this stuff isn't um planned out like that And that's, that's one of the only ways I want to work because it's, it's freeing. Once you've done that, it's like, you know, there's, there's two types of sessions where you, one is where you just kind of get together and you, and you work, you just like come up with stuff or like whatever. You just have fun. You express yourself. And the other one is like, okay, this is the song I want. I want this idea and this is how I want it. And we're going to use this reference song. And, and man, that stuff is tiring. Like I can't do that very much. Uh, I have a hard time with that. Um, not feeling free is is, is it 's difficult to make music under those conditions you know when someone 's like they 're very goal oriented with music It's it 's difficult um, once you lose that like quixoticness or whatever you want to call it the um, just that like kind of like random factor um, you lose a little bit of genuineness wow. lose a little bit of like innocence with the music in country. Yeah,
0: Uh, back around. (laughs) (laughs) So that's so interesting because the two albums feel like the same, like two sides of the same coin. The first album is kind of stifled and it's on the production side. I mean, like kind of stifled. Yeah, all that was
1: samples. I mean, yeah. again, like, so going back a little bit to musical history was like, when I got out of music school and I was like, all right, I'm going to go work on my production. Um, I dropped out my fourth year because I was making beats and that's what I wanted to do. And I wasn't learning anything else in in music school that I could use for that. You know, like I I knew piano well enough to, that I knew that um, I could use it for production kind of henceforth. Yeah. So my, my uh, agreement to myself was, look, you already know how to play keys. Don't play keys anymore on your production, like learn how to produce without using keys. So for about 10 years, I uh, didn't play keys on anything. Um, I did little things here and there, but everything was sample based. Cause I was like, I need to pay the respect to the sampling.
0: Yeah,
1: If I'm going to be working in hip hop, then sampling is what hip hop comes from. And, and, and so that was like really important to me. Uh, so 2015, I think is when we did this in country one. And at that time I wasn't making beats without samples. Everything had uh, was sample based. And so the sound being different is a, is a function of what I was doing at the time. And again, it speaks to the kind of freedom that Kuala and I have uh, working together is that like I'm doing what I do. He's gonna do what he does. And it happens to work together really well. And even as my sound evolved and this year, um, and last year I really started experimenting with doing things not using samples you know it, it's still you know we still have a synergy that that, that functions well um and I, I think that's part part of that is just our friendship that we're able to get along well yeah and um yeah that, that that's a really important part uh <clears throat> part of working together being able to work together is, is not having to like need to fit into a constriction. I don't have to go into Quelle mode to make a music mm. with him. I just have to be me. And I, and maybe that's part of what he likes working with me too, is that he knows that I'm, I'm going to kind of do what I do regardless. And he's going to do what he does. Well, that's in that's... We both. Keep, yeah. We both give each other freedom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One thing I was going to ask is like, how did you manage to have some connective tissue between the two albums and what did you want to make different? But I guess the both the answer to both those questions is just you as a person, right? <laughs> yeah, I sort know. of.
1: Um, yeah, I, I personally did not reference "Innocent Country" one at all when I was making this. Okay. Um, yeah, I. I it was just I where you were creatively. Uh, as we were making it, maybe, maybe I thought about it a little bit but not really. Yeah, I, I didn't really think about it. Um, all the connected tissue that was between the first album and the second album, hey, hey how's it going? Um, it, it was kind of more on Quelle's mastermind side of things. Hmm. It was more, um, he, he found the ways to make it connect together. Like the intro, while I produced it, it was, 100% his idea he sent me a reference for that that was one of the one <laughs> things that I had to do musically where it was like all right task goal you know do this and um, I, I mean I had fun with that that was actually a, a, the most probably one of the most challenging things there's a couple of things that I had to do like that like the intro was one where he was like okay I had this idea for the intro can you execute it? You know, like, here's, the, here's what I did, my reference. This is the idea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do that. Copy that or make your version of that. And um, so yeah, all praise is due to Quelle for that stuff. And then like another thing was like, what was it? It was uh, one of the transitions between two songs. I'm not going to remember on the spot. I'm so was bad it? at song titles, um, and my own song titles. Does it make
0: it but, better in um, Graphic Bleeds out?
1: Yeah, probably yeah. that.
0: No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're, what would I do without you?
1: Uh, <laughs> you can fucking edit that. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was his idea. He was like, "We got to make these two songs blend," and then it's uh, like, "Okay, I got you." Like, you know. So we just have a really good way of working together. It's 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 always fun, and even since Innocent Country Two has come out, we've worked on other things together, where it's it's just this very effortless back and forth. Yeah. He'll send me something, he'll be like, add some, something to this, boom, done. Send, send him some stuff back. Or he'll or he'll say something specific, like, you know, I need, or I want you to add some something percussive or like kind of vague instructions or something like that. And yeah. we trust each other enough to know that we understand each other without saying a lot. Um, and that I think only happens after after time. But we've been hanging out since, I guess, 2012.
0: So, So, Quede being a producer as well, does his style just mesh with yours? Or was there some learning you had to do between each other to get to the point where your synergy was just, you understood each other creatively?
1: Uh, I think part of that is trust because, um, yeah. I pushed, I pushed back a lot on beat choices.
0: Hmm.
1: Like I didn't have confidence in a lot of the beats that I would make.
0: Back when then I'd or make, for this one? Uh,
1: a little bit of both actually. Like okay. um, I guess I'm a bit more confident now, but uh, yeah. He'll pick stuff that I just feel is a little bit more like, not experimental, but it's just, I was like, this is more for me. <laughs> like I didn't really <laughs> make this to get put out, you know, like it's like, it's right. like a, think of them as doodles, you know, like in your notebook yeah, yeah, that, you, that you really, you weren't trying, like I wasn't trying to stay in between the lines here, you know, like, and you know, that's, that's the, the, the stuff that he thrives on is the, the stuff that has imperfections or the stuff that is um, raw rawness you know like that's kind of uh, one of Quelle's signatures it's just rawness and it took me some time working with Quelle to embrace the rawness you know what I mean Um, like I knew I had it for myself but I I, um, but to to be able to wear that on my sleeve or to be able to emphasize it or to be okay with it that's one thing that my relationship with Quelle has been able to teach me um, so I've gained a lot working with him, learning that, um, kind of embracing that side of, of, of my production and, and music and, and maybe using weird harmonies that don't, yeah. um, feel good or, uh, you know, a loop that doesn't quite loop properly or something like that, you know, like just things that don't feel right, et cetera. Hmm.
0: So with where you both are now creatively, have, creatively having, um, like, gets developed since the first instant country since 2012. Um, what do you think it was in your production that you like to like uh, revel in now? Like the sample kind of stuff in favor of the live instrumentation. Is that something um, Quelle like gravitated towards? Or was it whatever you give me, whatever style you give me, I'll play with it?
1: I think it's more the latter. I think. Um... Like when you work with somebody else on music, you're you're working less with skill sets than you are with someone's ear Hmm. or someone's sensibility in my opinion. Okay. You know, because there's a million producers out there (laughs) and a million producers who can make stuff without samples or who can uh, sample. it's not necessarily how you sample it's like what you pick to sample like what are you hearing in that what why am i gravitating towards this mood this emotional resonance like what, what you know like that's what makes me me is like my ear um okay and so no matter what i change that that part will still say the same so if i make stuff with samples or i make stuff without samples it's still coming from my ear. I'm still picking this sample because it resonates with me, and I think some things resonate with us the same way. Or um, he he also feels the way I um, may think some music resonates with me. You know, I made something for a reason, and I think he hears it also. So whether I'm using samples or not, I think that part is a constant. Um, your ear, you know, like what yeah. are you hearing in something?
0: No, no, for sure. And that makes a lot of sense um, considering how pretty much in every project quote Christmas is put out, there's a song produced by you and there seems to be kind of this um, parallel evolution between the two of you. So yeah, that definitely comes through. Uh, you talked about kind of having aims with your production, like before you wanted to um, do just sample based stuff and leave the keys to the side to pay homage to hip hop. Is there anything now? that you have the forefront of your mind when you make a beat? Or is it just organic, as you said?
1: I, I'm, I'm definitely in a... I've been doing a couple of things. I've been doing some sample replays. Okay. So playing back something, trying to match tones, and just... I'm, I'm really spending a lot of time just... It's like working out. when you when you do sample replays it's essentially like going to the gym you know you you put on something and you listen to it and you're like fuck that is an insane like if i were to sample that like why let me see if i can make it from scratch like let's let's you know test my ears yeah let's put myself to the test here um so a lot of what i'm doing lately is is just taking everything as far as i can Hmm. singing on things and playing actual bass and then guitar and then drums and um adding percussion everything just like live but making it feel whole um and balanced and um spending a lot of time just learning and just digging into that growth of doing stuff without samples but making it feel that way making it feel like a sample like making it feel like what sample is that like that that when i listen to something back that i made i want to be like Yes, that doesn't sound like me. That doesn't sound like something I could have done a year ago. Like, um, I th- I thrive right now on growth, on um, I'm just pushing my limits and um, doing different things and and breaking down any boundaries I may have. Like, it doesn't have to be a beat. It doesn't have to have drums. It 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 can be for a, uh, like it can be soundtracky or it can be library music sounding Mm. or it can be um it doesn't have to be for anything it doesn't have to be for um, a rapper or for a singer or anything um it's like i'm making a ton of samples basically yeah Um, and and that's kind of a reflection of all the time i spent just listening to that shit Mm. listening to library music and listening to weird soundtrack music from like wherever all the different places in the world and like digging youtube for old 70s russian movies and <laughs> um movies from mexico and you know he, just finding those little things like like i said about your ears, it's just like you're hearing something um yeah when you when you pick a sample you pick it because you hear something that resonates with you yeah and when i'm making music I, sometimes i start by playing and then something i play will resonate with me and then i'll Feed from that, and then sometimes I'll think of something, and the, the goal is to be able to translate what you hear in your head to the page, yeah. essentially. Um, it's it's really no different than like writing, uh, like a book, like a story. You're just imagining a story, you yeah. know, like, and it's influenced by things you've been through in life. Um, the, the skill is being able to take those moods and feelings and, and get them to tangible music.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. I don't even remember what the fucking
0: question it's was. Fine. You know, like, it's fine. Like, sure it's crazy. Know. It's crazy how well your answers are lining up with what I wanted to talk about in the interview. Which okay, is, good. No, like, it's insane because you went into, like, growth. And the main thing I wanted to talk about was kind of maturity in music and how you measure that. So uh, you said that you've kind of been pushing your limits to see if you can make something that doesn't sound like you. Is that how
1: you measure maturity and growth is, is, um, is that right. Um, Mm. Is the less boundaries you have, like the more diversity you have in your sound um, and the more control over your diversity is a sign of maturity. In my opinion, like I can, right now I can make something without drums. that sounds like a seventies record, or I could make a boom bap nineties, whatever. You know, I could, I can still go there if I want to. Um, And it's, it's, they're all tools that you wield. So you build up different things in your repertoire that you can do. And then at a certain point, you have all these different things you can pull from. Um, So that's, for instance, that's why I did sampling for so long, for 10 years. It was like, well, I spent more than 10 years on piano. Let's spend 10 years on this. Mm -hmm. And now I'm, you know, I'm making samples and then I can sample my own music and make beats out of that and, so, I'm trying to come full circle,
0: yeah,
1: and really just expand my tool set. and that's where the growth is for me is um,
0: uh, diversity. And you feel that as on Innocent Country too. So, would you say that your last work is a way? It's funny because forth.
1: like I listened back to Innocent Country too, and there are so many things that I would change. You know, there, I'm like, <laughs> oh, the drums are. You know, I would man like i'm i 'm in a period of heavy, heavy growth, and this is not a uh i 'm not saying anything negative about Indian country i I love it yeah. it's very special to me, but also you know i 'm constantly growing it's it's like um as soon as i 'm done with something a week later i 'll look back at it and be like, oh I could I fix this, I could fix this so i'm I'm constantly making stuff and and everything's like a new plateau, yeah so Something that I made last year is like years away from me now. It feels so far away. Um, Even things from like two months ago, I look back and I'm like, oh, why would you do that? Or how could you have done that? And like, I could play that so much better now. And it's it's a constant process of letting go and not dwelling on the past and not saying, okay, let me fix that. Or let me fix that. It's like, you just got to keep making stuff, man. Like, Mm. that's what you have
0: to do. So with such like rapid growth in such a short amount of time, do you, is there any concern about leaving an audience behind or do you uh, kind of expect to reach? I think about it sometimes. I think
1: about like, yeah, people like get attached to a certain sound. Yeah. But I also have faith in the same reason that, you know, I'm not worried that Quella and I are are not going to stop working together, you know, because it's like, like I said, it's about your ear. It's about that. And that's what people hear. You know, it's like, that's a sign that you're, you're, you're onto something where it's like you can change your sound and still be heard the same way. It's still your voice.
0: Mm.
1: So if you're, if your voice can persist through change and growth, (laughs) you're doing the right thing. Um, so that's a challenge for me. Yeah, it is a challenge. Um, I don't worry about it. I'm not worried about what somebody thinks about my sound. Um, but I, but I also have faith that my voice will persist through changes in my sound.
0: Yeah. Well, wow. that's such a fucking gem. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a gem. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of floored by that. So, so you talk about like, um, training yourself in these new different areas. And do you feel yeah. like that's something that you was instilled in you back when you went to university and like learned about all these new genres of music? Is that something you just dived into? Like especially with hip-hop, what, what gravitated towards hip-hop and led you down this particular path to... Uh,
1: Man, yeah. Um, hip-hop for me when I was growing up was like Dr. Dre, 50 Cent, and Redman. Right. That was like, you know, in Tribe Called Quest and Wu-Tang. Yeah. Like, it was like that was my bubble for hip-hop um wait say say the question one more time
0: um i was about to go off on that and i'm like don't get (laughs) it no you can go off but like it's kind of a jumbled question i was kind of talking about like um uh what you saw in hip-hop that made you want to go down this route rather than going full jazz and kind of uh, expanding your repertoire on jazz, what made you want to go into hip hop, and then? Ooh,
1: yeah, very specific answer. Then, it, I mean, yeah, when I was growing up, it was those influences, like I said. But in college, I was in college from 2004 to 2008, and uh, I, I heard Dilla for the first time in college. I was gonna. And through. when I was a kid growing up, there, there's two two things. There was Pete Rock, his Scratch TV or Scratch Mag TV interview where he like sampled Love is a Battlefield. And it was like fantastic uh, volume one and two. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't hear, I was like looking for that music for so long. Like I, I wanted that for so long. Like there were some beats that there was a very specific thing that I would hear in, in like beat music or, or like hip hop or whatever that would be like, damn, I want to make that. But I wasn't hearing enough of it. Like, I just didn't yeah. get that Dilla exposure until, late. like, I wish I did. But when I did, I was like, holy fuck, that's the type of shit I want to make. Like, that feels good. That's the only moment, like, I knew when I heard Oscar Peterson that I was like, that's music. That, that I got his yeah. music forever. Like, that felt fucking good. Like, when I heard Tenderly, that song, I was like, yeah, I'm going to make music because this nothing can make me feel that way like that's an amazing feeling to have it's like a drug when you hear that when that like how strong that chord note pulse is on that song like it's just a ridiculous feel and i had that same feeling and like every once in a while i would hear something like maybe like a high-tech beat or something like that i would that i would just be like wow i love how that feels yeah it just feels good and so everything's based on like Oh my God, it feels good, man. It fucking feels good. It's a physical feeling. It's a sensation. And in, and in college hearing Dilla and fantastic, those beats, I was like, who, what is this? Like, I need to, that pushed me so hard that it like, it moved me so much that I, I decided I needed to learn more about it and I needed to spend my time on that. And I wasn't getting any of that at school. Obviously it was just jazz. Um, and so I was just like, dude, I'm done with college. Like, I need to spend my time on that. Yeah. Because and this is somebody who's clearly a master of that. And I'm not going to get that way by sitting in class and learning about Coltrane or, you know, the Beatles. <laughs> um, I need to really, like, dive into this. This is clearly a- – Dilla showed me that this – that hip-hop production, that like, Making Beats – is a fucking deep thing it can be a deep, deep thing that sampling can be heavy and deep and complicated, like quantum physics <laughs> it's like no joke like what you know he's turning songs into instruments that's fucking <laughs> mind blowing
0: yeah I've never to like say
1: like that that pool that's insane yeah like that 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 to me was all I, I needed it was my it was my other Oscar Peterson moment so it was like my adult version of what I felt as a kid which was you know Oscar Peterson inspired me to want to decide to take music seriously and I did and I went to college for it but I still didn't know what the fuck I was doing with my life and then in college hearing Dilla was like okay I know what I'm doing with my life (laughs) that was my second moment you know and that is that was just incredible and I think maybe my third moment has been just um, self-inspired by like Saying, "Oh, wow! I can play other instruments. I can bring everything together. I can make samples." Like, and maybe there'll be more moments. I and mean, that's what music's all about It's like creating new plateaus. And that's what growth is, right? Like, yeah. What What can you know? What can inspire me next? What can make me say, "Fuck everything else! I'm doing this." Like, I need to focus on this.
0: Wow, and you i feel like you've brought it full circle because when you talk about your Dilla moment. I guess for me, I call it a sudden death moment. Like hearing that song and knowing that can exist, it gave me the same thing, and I know for a fact it's given people I know the same thing. I've seen the reaction to it, and it's given them the same thing. Yeah, that's crazy. That that
1: is the most. That is the that is the end goal for me. Like I can stop now. You know, I'm done. I, I don't have to worry about putting out more music. I'm just doing it for myself at this point. If I can have that type of effect, that is. The most I can ask for, yeah. um, so thank you first of all um for for your time and your energy listening to it and 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 you know focusing on it and letting it hit you the way it's hit you and mm. and being open to it and enjoying it i mean we 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 put i put yeah, like with sudden death, i know for i don 't remember specifically making it i don 't it was just a <laughs> I made, but I do remember anything, anything that comes from a, uh, a music uh, progression, like on a, a chord progression on piano, it's because I sat there and I was emotional about something. Mm-hmm. Not, not necessarily thinking about like a breakup or something, but not something that simple. But even the fact that I'm sitting there struggling with music, everything I make is some, some, somewhat born of some kind of musical struggle. I'm I'm trying to make a song. I'm having a hard time coming up with an idea, and at some point that gets to you, and you get frustrated, and you keep playing, and then sometime, and then eventually through that that process of being, you know, um, being frustrated, something genuine happens, because what you play is born of a, of a genuine emotion. Yeah of, of, of being frustrated, not being able to make music. You know, that's when you know, you're putting your heart into something. You're like, ah, this is just not happening. Like I give up. I'm going to try again. I'm, ah, I just need to get through the day. Well, while making something, something has to get made today. And finally you make something and you're like, yes, you know, you have the, you have the piano part. It's like, finally. And then like, so, so of course the, the things that I make are, 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 genuine because of that you know alone just because i I have a hard time making music sometimes that's real you know like so for sudden death i know because it's a piano chord progression i sat there for a while and and like nothing just i'm not i don't sit there and say hey let's do this progression from this song and and just make it it's not it's 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 um it's raw you know yeah It's, it's sitting there saying all right let's make something that feels good and conjuring a feeling is like, sometimes it, it, it's a frustration. Sometimes it's, it is that, that uh, hopelessness with a, with just a little dash of like, you can do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, so for, for that, um, yeah. What you're feeling is, is, is partly mirroring my experience making it. For sure.
0: And that's you know? why it resonates so much because you you say it comes from something real and this song feels like a victory, just like as you were saying, when you finally make something, something feels like this uh bright light in a way, and it feels like something that's not just inspired, like you said just by a breakup or something anything that's remotely earthly, it feels something much more deep, and it it, it seems to stem from your <clears throat> your natural love and I guess like your what you feel is your vocation in making music, something that you feel like you were maybe born to do, it feels that deep when you're listening to it, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a microcosm there too. You know, like I, now that I think about it, I want to say that I did the drums to that first. Hmm. And those drums, you know, aren't necessarily a typical, like, I don't know, whatever hip hop groove
0: (laughs) or anything like (laughs) kind as square
1: as possible. But yeah, it's, 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 it's like a, it is a a certain groove. I, I forget the name of it or what it's called or whatever, but um one of the two came first the piano or the drums and then you know the bass was to, to to uh support those things and um so yeah like you know you're you're each each step is a bit of a struggle not always a bad struggle not always something that causes frustration sometimes it can be kind of joyful like you're yeah. enjoying just fucking around on a keyboard until you get it but um yeah like i'm sure that each, each part is, yeah, each part is like that, you know? Like the drums then, it's like, what are they, how do I, how do that, how does these drums communicate with this piano part? How do they get along, you know? How is that gonna um, feel like they're played together by a band? or like, mm. how does it feel organic or whatever, you know? So yeah, um, yeah you just, it's, it's, everything's based on like a feel. And so, so like, you know, it, it, it evoking a, a, a strong feeling is, like, great news to me, you know, because it's like, all right, cool, you guys feel what I felt, you know? Yeah. It's awesome. And for Kuala, too, writing the lyrics, I'm sure it's the same thing. You know, he's feeling that as he's writing. And then that adds to it, and everything kind of gets along. And then we have this big, like, feel package that we're sending out to everybody. And hopefully you guys get it. And if you do, then of course we're happy like that's fucking amazing
0: that's what we want yeah i am not that um going back to dilla uh I was, it was pointed out to me that you've worked with a lot of his past collaborators talking about oh no uh georgia mildro wow like that. yeah your your yeah. research department is excellent <laughs> it's me and the homie pointed out but <laughs> yeah, yeah but um did like Working was that a conscious thing you wanted to do? Like I'm gonna go and work with people we did it worked with. No, fuck no. It it was um,
1: accidental. (laughs) That 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 was such a blessed. Like I would come back from hanging out with Ono and be like, "What is with my life? Like (laughs) this is insane right now. Like I can't believe this is happening. I'm so blessed." working with Ono was like going to fucking boot camp. I I um yeah, it was not conscious like let me seek out Ono's or uh Dilla's
0: collaborators right. and stuff. No way. Um and that's what broke you out, right? That was the 2012, yeah. that was Ashes, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh I would go down and listen to Ono's beats with my friend and be like and eventually I worked up the courage to show him like some music I was working on, you know? And, and then we just like kind of got along on that sense. So it was just like, dude, this shit was, yeah, man. Like, and when I moved to Oakland, like it was such a random decision. I moved to Oakland after after being in college because I used to go to Oakland a lot as a kid to go to jazz shows. Right. I didn't know shit about Oakland really, like besides that. Like I just liked Oakland because the jazz sh- like the jazz shows that I wanted to go to were there and I liked the city, like I liked the people. Yep. It seemed like a really cool place. And um, yeah, so I moved there. And then like, within a year, I'm working with Hieroglyphic, like the people from Hieroglyphics, Wow. Um, DJ Touré, and Bobby Azuna, who is like half of Jake and the Fat Man, who produced Raphael Sadiq's Instant Vintage album, which was like hugely inspirational to me coming up. Like in college, that was, something that I was listening to that kind of like, it was like that and and voodoo and a bunch of earth, wind and fire that just like, and obviously the slum village stuff that um kind of was like, made me say, I I don't, I want to go this direction and not the jazz direction. Like I didn't have the discipline to be a jazz pianist. I still don't, (laughs) but like this other stuff, I was like, that's, that's where my heart really is. Yeah. And yeah, so like I moved there and then, Um, connected with Bobby Ozuna and DJ Touré from Hieroglyphics and like dude my mind was just like how is this happening like these are people that I looked up to Mm -hmm. you're not supposed to be able to meet these people you know you're not supposed to be able to connect with these people especially that that quickly
0: yeah
1: and you know somehow all this stuff happened and then Ono and then through Ono Georgia and Declaim and um, and then Rock Marciano randomly at a studio and then hanging out with rock Marciano one day meeting Quelle and then Quelle you know just like all these the way it happened was just like I, I am so grateful for that journey that I don't take any credit for it either like this should just happen hmm. I don't know man like I didn't feel honestly I, I still don't feel like I deserved all those connections you know like I, I wasn't ready to collaborate with Ono when I did like i i didn't you know looking back i don't think i was nearly as developed as i needed to be my sound was still being formed you know like i I didn't know what the fuck i was doing um and i feel that way about innocent country country one and innocent country two like i I still feel like i'm I'm forming you know i'm still like Hmm. becoming who i I, i'm like I, i hear in my head you know yeah i'm like always reaching for that but um somehow all these connections happen and um working with people that Dilla have worked with has been a constant like reminder from the universe that maybe music is what I'm supposed to be doing (laughs) because it wasn't really till this year that I felt like validated I didn't feel like you know man like I've doubted myself a lot the last 10 years like and I've taken away all second options for myself. You know, I've only left myself with music. Like there, there is no, there's nothing else on my resume except for like working at a movie theater and, you know, working at a startup company for a little bit. Like there's, there's nothing there. I have no experience. If someone wanted to hire me, I'd be fucked. I wanted to go back to school. I'd be fucked. I dropped out. Like I have nothing to offer to the world except for music. And so I, i backed myself into that corner. And for years I was like, what the fuck did you do? You know, you really fucked yourself. If, if you don't have another option, like, what are you going to do? Um, not even thinking about money, just thinking about like, what are you going to do with your life? Yeah. Like you can't just sit around and play video games. Yeah. I even took a job as a tester for the last like couple years. Cause I still didn't know. I was like, maybe that can be my backup. Like I didn't have a backup. You know, and it's like finally things are kind of starting to come together now at 34. Where I'm like, whew, okay, I think I think I feel okay about music for a while. If I go really hard, maybe I'll make it." You know, like that's that's still how I feel. Mm-hmm. And I hope I always, kind of always. I low-key hope I always feel that way. I, I kind of hope I always am. Like, I hope I make it. You know, I want to stay as humble as I can and and always be working to, you know myself I guess
0: yeah um,
1: but also just like focusing on expression and, and not worrying about proving anything to anybody of course <laughs> but like yeah man like there is a lot of doubts there and um, having Dilla be an inspiration such a big inspiration and then having it be reminded you know through all these collaborators has been a constant like you got it man keep going in fact Before I left my studio that I had in Oakland and moved to L.A., the last thing that happened before I moved out was a gallery owner, and I can't remember his name right now. Well, I'll just, yeah, Wajid, um, who's a producer from um, Michigan or Detroit, who uh, was also a DILA collaborator and personal friend and stuff, donated a – uh, an unseen picture of Dilla to my studio, not my personal studio, but the studio that I had my room in. Yeah, yeah. And the picture went right outside my room, right outside the door of my room. So, like, when I came out of the studio, it was Dilla looking eye contact at me. So, like, as I left there and I moved to LA, I just always had this reminder somehow that like my influences are it's like the universe is saying like, it's, it's okay. Like you can, you can do music. Like, I think you shouldn't give up. Mm. And so um, those reminders have been both humbling and awe-inspiring and um, gratitude inducing, you know, Um, it's been pretty wild. I'm, I'm, I'm speechless about it. Like it's, it's been uncanny and weird and, and like, I'm just trusting it, you know, like, yeah, Through all the doubts that I've had, and all the like, what if this doesn't work? Or like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Um, I still get little reminders every once in a while. And sometimes I remind myself, you know, I'll make something that I'm like, wow. You know, like, even even sudden death, when I finished making it, I was like, you know, I look back at it. And I'm like, I don't know how I how I made that. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I know that it came from this process. And I know that I know why I would play those chords, sure. And I approve of my decisions. But, you know, it's like sometimes you listen back to something you make and you're like, okay, like, I don't know how I did it, but I, I guess I'm doing it. And then you got to just kind of like have a little bit of blind faith.
0: Wow. Well, I don't think I have anything else to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about what you said about trust, though. And I feel like going forward, well, do you feel like going forward that you can trust yourself? You talk about your ear. And I feel like you're saying you don't know how you made those connections back in the day, but I think having this in context now, it's clear that you've always had that ear. You've always had that passion. Do you think that, where do you think that will take you in the future? Do you think your further trust in it? Yeah, where do you think that will take you? That's the thing with trust
1: is not knowing where it's gonna take you is part of the whole game. Mm. That's that is trust, right? Trust is yeah. is blind. Otherwise, it's not trust. Otherwise, it's calculated risk. It's a decision. Yeah. I, I don't know where it'll take me, and that's what I trust. You know, it's like yeah. I I trust my ear, um, and I appreciate where I've come from and where I'm going. Do I know where that will be? And is that a decision that I'm consciously making every day as I progress in my musical journey? Not really. I just know that I'm gonna keep doing what I do, which is like relying on my ear, make music from my heart and, um, and just see where it takes me. The other, My friend, Josh Hari, he's a bass player, a f- amazing bass player and a great guy. Uh, I was sharing some music with him and I was kind of like, I don't know if I like this, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know if I want to sing on this. And like, what about lyrics? And, and he said, the only prerequisite for it being good is it to be honest. And that hit me so hard. So, so hard, you know? And so that's um, a big part of my foundation going forward is just be honest with all the music you make. You know, yeah. um, you don't, you don't have to say anything fancy. You don't have to play anything that's um, impressive. You just have to make sure that it's genuine, that it's really coming from a place of, um, of honesty and vulnerability, because that's what resonates with people. Yeah. Um, because that, that will get through any filter that anybody has, um, whether they like the song or not, you know, they can, they can, you can generally pick up on that. So hearing that from him was like very big and that's that's um it was maybe something I knew, you know. Maybe it was something that I that I already you know based my music on. But I never put it in words and never thought of it that way. And uh yeah, just be honest with your music and and yeah. So that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be honest with my music and, and wherever it goes, that's where it goes. And I'm grateful for anything that happens as a result of it.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm kind of like, feel like wetting up. That feels so <laughs> apt. It feels yeah, so man. apt for... Especially because Honest, the song, you know? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It feels like so in tune with... How the album feels, not even like terms of lyrics or anything like that. Just the feeling you get listening to the album, it lines up perfectly what you were just saying. Stuff just coming from the heart and just trusting, just doing trustfuls of the universe, I guess. Like
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. Just um, trusting the things that are that were honest to you. Like when I when I heard Fantastic, the, the feeling that I get from that is just so pure, right? Like it's just a this feels good. That's as base and raw as it gets. Yeah, It's not like, oh, I wanna make music like that because maybe I can do something like that. Or maybe I can make a slum village band and I can, uh, you know, make money and get famous too. It's like not that, it's, it's just, how does that feel? If it feels good, it, it physically feels good, cool. I wanna make stuff that feels good, I wanna feel good. It's, it's raw, it's basic. And it, when you when you are that raw and you're that stripped down to that primal emotion of just it feeling good, it's by nature honest, you know. Yeah. And so when you want to make music and and it's and you're basing it on just like oh, man, I want to feel good, I want it to feel good, you know, it, it's going to be honest, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that's the best place to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's been great. Thank you, Ryan.
0: hope you guys enjoyed the interview as i said at the start you can head over to CentralSource.com for the complimentary article as well as more great content from our great writers big thank you to charlie taylor of the fifth element podcast network for helping me out with the editing thank you to chris Keys for taking the time out for my questions and thank you for listening catch you on the next one bye